Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. I am here with a pretty epic chick. Ellen Yin is the founder of Cubicle to CEO, an online membership helping coaches and service providers make their first 10K month. The name reflects her own journey of profitability, bootstrapping her business from a $300 project to seven figures in revenue in just three years as a first-generation Asian-American entrepreneur. Through her online marketing programs and services, Ellen has mentored over 8,000 entrepreneurs. She's been featured in Forbes and on the Today Show with Hoda and Jenna, in addition to publications like Yahoo Finance, MSN, Data Bird, Business Journal, Thrive Journal, Her Money and Blog Her. My goodness, we are so lucky to have Ellen here. She is the host of the award-winning Cubicle to CEO podcast, a weekly business show that has been downloaded in more than 100 countries worldwide. Hello. Hello. Hey, Jessica. (laughs) Thank you so much for the warm introduction. Yeah, you're so welcome. I just love having... I love having people on the show who, you know, knows their shit and you can usually tell that by a bio. So I can tell, you know, (laughs) what you're talking about. I'm really excited for this topic actually. Um, But before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So as Jessica said, Hey, my name is Ellen Yin. And I mean, she did such a great job giving a brief intro, but my story as an entrepreneur really started, what's it been three and a half years ago. Um, and I was a corporate dropout. So I quit my nine to five without a backup plan, which was definitely risky, but I didn't actually have the intention of, of starting a business when I quit my job. However, in the process of applying for jobs during that first month, when I was out of work, I actually landed my first client and it was a a small project, just, you know, like $300. But I realized that I had this opportunity to monetize an existing skill set that I had, which was marketing, because even in my corporate career, I, you know, I worked in marketing. And so being able to see that I could utilize my existing skills and get clients from that, I decided to pursue that path. And so you know, the rest, as they say is history. And it's been three and a half years now. These days we are much more focused on our programs, especially our primary, uh, 12 month mentorship program, cubicle to CEO, where we help service providers, coaches, and consultants make their first $10,000 month without relying on a large following or posting every day. So really excited to chat with you today, Jessica, about making 10 K months. Yes. Yeah. I love the topic of making 10 K months because I feel like it's something it's often that first really big milestone for entrepreneurs. Um, and, and something that even their goal is just to maintain it, not even to exceed it, you know? And so I think it's, 
it's a good number. And um, I want to talk about how to get there because a big part of that is not just the strategy and knowing the business, but of course it's the mindset. So Mm -hmm. let's start with, you know, what, what holds us back from, from getting there? What keeps us from getting there takes us so long outside of the business strategy, sort of mindset stuff. Do you see with your clients? Oh man, there's so many things. Um, I think, and this is not in any particular order, just what's coming to mind first. I think focus is actually one of the most underrated strategies when it comes to achieving your first 10K month. I see a lot of new entrepreneurs flounder because they get caught up in shiny object syndrome. They get caught up in this, this world of telling them they need to do all of these different things, show up on all these platforms, you know, create a, a freebie or multiple freebies for, to build their list and create a digital product and then create a service and then do this and that and be on podcasts and all of these things. And it's just very overwhelming. Um, and I've realized over time, like if I could go back in time and tell myself one thing, it would be to really, really focus on one offer, literally just one offer for one specific type of person that solves one specific problem mm-hmm. and utilizing that solution to scale to your first 10 K. Um, so that that's a big mindset thing is, is just focus. Um, I think another big mindset shift that has to happen for a lot of people is typically when you're still trying to achieve your first 10 K month, maybe you recently left your day job. Um, And I think a lot of people get stuck in employee mindset Mm. and it's something you have to unlearn um, because there's so many things that we've been conditioned to accept as just the way that you do things. And you kind of have to actively observe that in yourself and be like, oh, like this is, this is not the way that, or not the only way that things can be done. For example, um, I know a lot of new entrepreneurs, they will, uh, you know, they're still very much in that mentality of trading time for money in the sense that when they price things, right, like they, they price things based on hours worked. And so they're like, my hourly rate is, you know, $50 an hour, a hundred dollars an hour. And that comes from a, you know, a corporate mindset of being paid by the hour. And so it's little things like that, um, that I feel like really affect people's ability to reach that big milestone. Yeah. And something I actually say to myself a lot kind of involves those two pieces of mindset. Um, when I'm wanting to take something new on, I'll say to myself, like if I had a boss, they would challenge me on this. They would say, what's the value of this? Why are we paying you to do this? What's going to come of it? And so I think keeping a little bit of that employee mindset in terms of like having that invisible accountability of a boss, that's a good one checking you, um, while also making sure that you're not taking on stuff. Like it's so easy to take on stuff that are going to add no value, like a podcast, like my podcast right now doesn't add any monetary value. And I'm okay with that because I've been working at this business now for three years. I've set it up that I can do some things like that. But when Mm -hmm. you're first starting out and working at 10 K, like your focus has got to be on what's moving the needle, um, bringing in that other periphery stuff later when you have the luxury of doing it. Um, or you have the luxury of time where you can play with it and figure out how it fits. So um, that's something that always comes to my mind, especially this year. I've been really focusing on um, la- taking it back. Last fall, I started a membership program, and I'm actually thinking about doing another one maybe next year because in looking at my revenue, it was actually a good 
adder to what I'm making every month. Um, but I stopped doing it because I've been dancing around the idea that I really want to be a full-time author. I want my business to make me a really great income. I want it to keep growing, but I want to do as little as possible. And then I want to focus on this other thing. And I was finding that I was picking things up to avoid, um, Mm -hmm. really focusing on that. So I actually think as I'm saying that, I think that maybe is another piece too. maybe this idea that we're, we're picking up things that maybe seem easier to avoid doing like the bigger thing that we really need to do to grow our business or, or make it what we really want it to be. Oh, that's such a good one. I could not agree with that more, Jessica. I feel that it's so easy to hide behind check boxes, mm-hmm. meaning like, you know, a lot of people have this false belief that, you know, I have to have a website up and running. I have to have a logo. I have to have a mission statement. I, you know, I need to post every single day. And then these are check boxes that they tick off their um, list and they feel good about it because they're like, I'm being productive. I'm being busy, but being busy and even being productive is not necessarily the goal here. I always say you could do the wrong things faster, but that doesn't actually impact your business in a positive way. So I think that intentionality, which is something I know you talk a lot about and that we'll talk about throughout this episode too. I think it's just so important to realize, like you said early on with limited time and resources, when you don't have help through the form of contractors or team, and you don't have a lot of existing funding, your focus really needs to be on what is bringing in cash flow. And so I think those are all really, really great tips. The one last mindset thing that just popped into my head as you were talking uh, that I didn't touch on is I think a lot of people when they are still trying to make their first 10K month, they have a lot of uh, confidence issues in in feeling like they have value to offer or that um, they are worthy or capable, right, of, of getting certain types of clients. And I think that an issue that I see a lot is sometimes people, when they pivot in their careers, like let's say you leave your, your day job and you start a business for some reason in our heads, we take that to mean that we are literally starting from zero. Like it's as if we kind of almost pretend like all of our years of experience and education and whatever else that we just like burn it and we toss it out the window. It's like, it didn't exist when in reality, you're just building on the foundation that you've already created somewhere else. And even if you pivot into a completely different industry or a completely different skill set, you still take soft skills with you into that, that I think should not be disregarded. Absolutely. And I feel like that plays into, um, what you were talking about earlier with value, how you like value your time in charging. And, um, I feel like what I've read everywhere. I'm sure a million people have said it is I'm not charging you for the hour that I'm doing this. I'm charging you for the 10 years I've spent building up all the skills needed to do this for you effectively in an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's what you're saying here is a big part of that. I think there's so much, especially when you're just starting out. I know I took on a lot of clients that paid lower than I should have been accepting, but I was so scared. I think fear is another big piece of this mindset that we're talking about that a, I wouldn't get another client that I wouldn't make enough money. And so I just took whatever I could. And while I think there's an element of building and maybe taking some of those lower paying clients, um, that just feeds into that fear. And it's like this, this cycle that you're living in where it's like, 
you just deal with it and you take it and you deal with it and take it and you're you're too scared to ever raise your rates because what if someone doesn't come through? What if you don't get any more clients? Um, yeah. That was a big piece, I think, for me to overcome and to really develop a trust in if I say no to them, it's because something better is happening. And I can take on less clients and still make the same money or more by actually charging what I'm worth and only accepting the clients that I'm worth. And, and shocker, everyone who's listening, if someone gives you a price and you don't like it and you give them another, they'll likely accept the price that you gave them. Um, you know, there's no way to know unless you give that pushback and you really stand up and stand in your, your worth. And we don't have to go into a whole conversation about pricing. I have a great um, episode about that um, already, but I think that fear as we're talking through this is another huge element that comes into play. A thousand percent. And I think fear also shows up in in the form of perfectionism really mm-hmm. often, right? For us as entrepreneurs, I think that's another big thing that holds people back from hitting that 10K is they try to have all their ducks in a row before they ever start anything. And the best teacher is experience. So you you really do have to do the thing. And speaking of like what you were referencing earlier of people hiding behind easy tasks so that they can avoid doing the hard things, stop, you know, stop hiding behind content and start making asks. Like you need to actually put yourself out there and sell the thing that you're trying to sell in order to receive cash. It seems very obvious, but so many people forget that. And so I think, um, fear of, of putting yourself out there and then fear of not having things be perfect is, is, so crippling for people. And it's so, so important that you realize that your first attempt at something is only an one iteration of a thousand. And it's impossible for you to know what didn't work and what did work without collecting data. And you can't collect data unless you do something. And so my thing that I always tell people is if you are not embarrassed by your first attempt at something, you waited too long to start. Hmm. I love that. I love that. That's a great quote and a great point. Um, and, and another thing to add to that, and I'm sure you'll agree with this is like the business I'm running now. And I have been, it'll be three years that I've been running my business full time in, oh my gosh, it's already passed. It oh, was, congratulations. Oh, no, 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 it's, it's July 1st. It's July 1st. So it's in like two weeks. I'm like, I'm five months pregnant. So my brain is not fully <laughs> firing on all signals, um, or on cylinders. Um, anyway, I've been doing it for about three years, but in that time, it's evolved so much from what it started as. My website has changed so much from what it started as my service offering. So speaking to that perfectionism and needing to get it right, it's like, quite frankly, it's probably going to be different in three years anyway. So just put out there whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you feel capable of doing and let the rest fall into place. Like your business will develop organically. Mm -hmm. Um, And have have you experienced that? I'm sure you have with your business. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like my business goes through a revolution every single year, not a revolution, evolution, sorry, every single year. And I mean, even, even if you look back a year ago, like prior to 2020, 90% of our revenue came directly from one-on-one client services. So the done for you retainer packages. Mm -hmm. And these days, 95% of our revenue comes from um, core sales and our membership fees. And that is a completely different business model than we had before. And so even within the span of a year, it can change so much. And to your point of, you know, what you put out there, not being the end product, 
speaking of a website, a website is something that holds so many people back from even showing up in the first place because they don't feel legitimate unless they have one. And I'm just here to tell you that I did not have a website for the first almost two years in my business. Mm. Um, and I was able to reach six figures in my business without any website, no portfolio, no business cards, none of that, no logo. Um, so I think it's don't, again, don't let those little things, uh, and your need for perfectionism or need to appear a certain way be what stops you from taking the action. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So I love all of this. And I feel like I want to now shift into how do we go from all of these mindset hangups to starting to make real progress toward 10 K months. Give us like, what's like maybe a, a first step that someone listening can start to take today or this week. Absolutely. So I think when you're trying to get to 10 K, you need to build a system that has three elements. So in, in my membership in cubicle to CEO, I teach something called the consistent clients cash flow system. And basically I break it down into three components of any successful, you can call it a marketing machine, a sales machine, whatever it is. Right. So you need a traffic generator, a leads generator, and a sales generator. And when you are again, at that stage where you have not yet consistently made 10 K months, you truly only need one of each. And if anytime you add more than one, you're actually just creating distractions for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, because for momentum to build, right, you need to have a singular focus. And so for traffic generator, this is how you are bringing new eyeballs of your potential clients to you in any given point. There's a million different traffic generators out there. I teach a very specific Instagram method in my program, but you know, for some people, they may use uh, the media, right? As as a traffic generator. Other people, they use ads. They use um, SEO content. There's there's a million ways, but again, where it gets cloudy is if you try to do too many things at once. Yeah. Then with the leads generator, this is okay. All the traffic that you're bringing in, either organic, paid, or both. Where are you funneling them to? Where are you actually taking them to take that next action step with you? I think if you're doing one-on-one client services, the best leads generator at this stage in your business before you hit six figures is a client application form that pre-qualifies your lead. I think that's super uh, easy to set up. And it's also a great way to set you up for success on your sales call or your discovery call, which is the sales generator that I recommend if you're in a service-based business. And I think that learning how to sell one-on-one is so important for helping you sell on mass later on. If you do choose to go the route, let's say of creating programs or anything that can be sold on a mass scale, because what you learn in the messaging when working with people one-on-one, what you refine in your systems and your processes and your skill sets, that is what allows you to actually create, you know, a digital program that can duplicate those results that you've gotten before. Right. Absolutely. And there's so much mindset around selling as well. And a lot of the things that we've talked about, like the fear and the confidence and saying your price, like one big sales mindset thing, um, I was taught and, um, I think about all the time is, um, the idea of saying your price with firm language, like not like floundering around it. Like that's mm-hmm. actually $5,500 a month. Um, and not being like, so let me know what you think about that. Or it's, um, <clears throat> it's $5,500. Like 
really yeah. <laughs> confidently because that's like one of our biggest fears, right? That we're going to be rejected on the the cost of our pro- our program. Um. So anyway, I just thought of that as you were talking about the sales piece and and the mindset. Absolutely. No, and that's so true. Like, and I would add on to that. I think it's people are very uncomfortable with silence, right? So we we try to compensate and fill the space with jibber jabber that actually distracts people from making a decision. So if you're saying, oh, you know, I charge like to your point, $5,000 for this, but then you immediately follow it up with a bunch of justifications. It really does. I feel like exude the wrong energy to your potential client. And so, um, I think if you are listening to this and you are someone who fears selling, I think a huge mindset shift that you can make that will remove a lot of the pressure that comes with sales is to stop thinking of yourself as someone who needs to convince someone to do something. I think a lot of people approach sales that way. They go, I need to convince this lead or this potential client that they should work with me and that the value of my work is worth whatever I am charging and all these things. But the truth is whenever you put yourself in that position, you are trying to control an outcome or control someone else's reaction to something, which we all know, right? We can only control what we do. We can't control what other people do. And so remove that need to control people or to coerce people. And instead, I want you to think of yourself as a guide, someone who is answering and asking the right questions to give someone the information they need to confidently make the decision that is right for them. That removes you from being the decision maker and it makes them the decision maker. And if you can approach every sales conversation with curiosity and as a guide, I think you're going to not only do way better and have higher conversions, but I think you'll also enjoy the process infinitely more. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And what comes to me when you say that is this idea of non-attachment. So really not attaching yourself to the outcome, which then dictates the energy you're bringing to it. It's like, well, they'll pick me if they want, if it's the right fit. And if not, someone else will be the right fit. And I'm not going to attach myself to what's going to happen here. And um, it's kind of like going to an interview where you actually don't want the job. And it ends right. up being like the best <laughs> interview you give because you don't actually care what the outcome is. I think yeah. there's an element of that in what you're saying that it just, you, you bring a different energy to the conversation when you, you approach it that way. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a being of service, right. Rather than feeling like you need to win some sort of negotiation. Right. And knowing that your, your service has value, but that doesn't mean it's valuable to every single person you're going to speak to. Exactly. And so trusting that the people who need what you have to offer will come to you and you will make those sales when the time is right. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So we have getting like this sort of system in place for one way to start moving toward that. And sort of, I would say the mindset piece of that is maybe like the organization, like feeling really clear and organized in how business is coming to you, which mm-hmm. maybe is also part of that focus piece that we talked about. Um, yeah. Give us another way that we can start moving toward those 10K months in terms of focusing on the mindset, what maybe might be step number two, focusing on the mindset piece. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. I, I feel like the mindset pieces that I mentioned mm-hmm. already are like the biggest blocks that I see people having when getting to that milestone. But one, one other thing I would perhaps mention here is 
everything that I just mentioned with the the system, right? With mm-hmm. having a traffic leads and sales generator, that's all tactical. What most people don't realize is that your relationships and connections with people are actually the greatest asset in your business. Your network is the greatest asset in your business, not strategies or skill sets. And so I think especially early on in in a business, when someone is striving for that 10K, most people become obsessed with finding the secret tactic or the secret Mm -hmm. skill or strategy that's going to launch their business. And I hate to break it to you. There really is no secret, so to speak, that's going to magically change your business overnight. But when you're looking at how you're allocating your resources, and by resources, I I don't just mean money. I mean time and energy too. How are you actively investing in creating and and nurturing relationships? Mm -hmm. That would be huge. So when thinking about even investing in coaching or programs or going to an event, right? Sometimes, um, sometimes I feel like people are missing the big picture because they are so focused on a specific outcome or a specific skill. Like they'll be like, how does this course teach me how to grow my followers? Right? Like that's like what they're so focused on. But instead of thinking that way, I would challenge you to instead think about, okay, if I join this program or if I become part of this community, or if I go to this event, who are the people that I will meet? What, what sort of rooms am I stepping into? Who's going to become aware of me and who am I going to become aware of? And how is that going to change my business? And so I think if, if you can make that mindset shift to be focused on your network, that will pay more dividends in your business than any strategy, skill, tactic I could ever teach you or anyone else could ever teach you. Yeah. I love that. And, um, and I think that takes a lot of work around the idea too, of fear of rejection. I think a lot of people don't reach out to people in their network who maybe they knew three years ago and haven't spoken to them forever, or don't talk to that person at the conference that maybe seems like someone who could be really helpful to you because they're afraid of being rejected or I guess, ignored. Um, Mm. And I think that's a huge piece of making this jump to 10K months is knowing that if you don't put yourself out there in any way, whether it's for a sale or for your network or for connection, nothing's going to happen. The answer is always no. If you don't ask, that's probably the biggest lessons I've learned from my husband um, in our time together. But I think there's a lot of mindset work around that fear in terms of developing that, that network. And I can say personally, like a lot of the business I get comes from people who I've known, who I knew five years ago, who I worked with three years ago, who get back in touch with me. Um, Mm -hmm. or who I happen to, like, I just did a big outreach to a bunch of previous clients, um, as I'm looking ahead to the rest of the year for bringing work in. Um, and so it's, I suppose the fear is that they're going to say no, but I would challenge listeners like what? So, so what? (laughs) Exactly. You know, you're going to hear no a lot on this journey. That's just the reality. Yeah. And I think, um, learning how to not take rejection personally, and that's Mm -hmm. easier said than done, right? Like we can all say that all day, but it's much harder to actually live it. Um, but to your point, the outcome would always be no, if you didn't ask. So I think that, 
Um, the way that I look at failure rejection is truly as the gift because it gives you more knowledge, gives you more wisdom to approach the next thing that you wouldn't have had you not experienced that. And so, um, I think that, yeah, like you said, like if, if there's someone that you've been meaning to reach out to, or there's people from your network, even who are not part of business, like people who you knew from high school or college or whatever it, it is, I think that we sometimes discount people because we think, oh, they're not part of this world. And so therefore, you know, there's no relationship there, but just because your friends or your family may not be your ideal clients, which most of the time they aren't, uh, does not mean that they do not know people who could be. And so referrals truly are, I feel like the most powerful way to grow your business um, and to really sustain your business long-term. Yeah, totally. And I feel like that brings us back again to the idea of like, it's not always sale, 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 like detaching from that idea and being more open. Like even when we're talking about on a sales call, like they might not be interested, but they might know someone who is. And so coming in with that more open mindset is going to allow you to really see more opportunities because they're always there. It's a matter of, are we here? Are we tunnel vision on the sale or are we open to all the opportunities that are coming from this particular situation. Um, I love that. That's so true. And I think that's, that is a key piece that should really be pulled out of what you just said, Jessica, is that having an agenda is like the worst thing that you can do mm-hmm. in sales. Like walking into a you know figurative or physical room with an agenda, never approach networking with an agenda. You should always go in with curiosity and let, like you said, the opportunities that that naturally surface guide you on like what to do next, but never assume things about people and go in with this idea that it has to be this way, or there is no, you know, purpose behind this connection. Cause it can come back to you. I'm, I know I've connected with people before, Jessica, I'm sure you can relate where in that moment in time, there was no potential opportunity for us to work together. But years later, we came together in a completely different way that would have never been possible had we not both kept an open mind and stayed in touch, despite the fact of it not working out from the very beginning. Right. Exactly. I love that. So yeah, staying open. I think that's a really important mindset that I feel like people don't really talk about. I'm like, maybe I need to do an Instagram post about that this week. Like, you should. Yes. <laughs> really an important topic. Um, it is. So maybe before we wrap up, I'm curious if you have any, and again, I want to talk specifically to mindset because I feel like a lot of people talk about the strategy and the tactical, and you have so much of that. And I want people to go to your course if they want that from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, like if there's one, like maybe one standout sort of mindset strategy you can think of that maybe you do in your course or with clients or from yourself that listeners can use to start maybe even stepping into the mindset of making 10 K. Like how do we even just like get into that mindset so we can start implementing these strategies? Do you have any exercises or suggestions? Yeah. I think that something that's really important is to have awareness of, of the way that you think about things because your thoughts determine your actions, right? And your actions determine your results. And so when you are approaching things with a very close-minded, like problem-oriented mindset, you're playing, you're constantly playing defense in your business, right? You're always, you're always trying to uh, react to something and go, oh, like this didn't work out for me. Or like, why, 
why is the algorithm against me? Or like, Mm -hmm. why did this client not work out? And you're, you're constantly thinking of problems instead of solutions. And so I think the biggest thing you can do is really realize that only you, you and only you are accountable for your results. No, no program, no coach, no magic strategy is going to save you. If you're constantly pushing that responsibility to something external to yourself, you're always going to be disappointed. So I think it's really important that yes, while those things will help you and accelerate your results, you are the creator of your results, not someone else. And so I think you need to show up as a leader and think with solutions. So when something doesn't go the way you had hoped it would go, instead of instead of feeling, uh, you know, like let down in either yourself or someone else, I want you to instead think about, okay, so this is just information, right? Failure is just data. If I can look at the information and what it is telling me, I can make a better decision going forward. So thinking like, instead of saying things like, oh, I can't do this, or I can't afford it. Thinking about how can I afford it? It just like, again, opening your mind to look for other opportunities rather than being so closed off because you only had one way that you were willing to do something. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of actually a conversation my husband and I were just having last night, um, that I try to keep in mind, like, um, the moment I'm at right now, I'm, I just had a few clients pull back no big deal. But normally, and normally it's a situation where it's like, Oh my God, like I need to make money. How am I going to fill this up? But I'm trying to have that same mindset that you were just talking about where, um, Oh my God, I just completely lost my train of thought. That happens to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good train of thought though. Like where you were going with that, like, instead of freaking out, did you yeah, think of yeah. like a different way to approach yes, the situation? You. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for hanging in on me with that one. Um, yeah. The idea being it's an opportunity to really say like, I'm an entrepreneur for a reason. Like I'm a really resourceful person. I'm a very solutions oriented person. This is an opportunity for me, as I like to say, to steer the ship. Like my mm. boss isn't telling me what to do. I get to decide. So yeah. who do I want to bring in right now? How do I want to shift right now? what do I want to do? Like I'm talking to my husband right now about someone who's been delivering him a lot of business might be pulling back and he's sort of figuring out what he wants to do. And I'm like, what a great opportunity to really figure out exactly what you want to do and then package that and then start building out those networks where you can then sell it. So um, I think seeing it as less of this like scary thing and more of an opportunity to do exactly what you wanted to become an entrepreneur to do, which is to build your business the way you want to build it. Yes. I love that. I feel like every obstacle is really just an opportunity to pivot. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, you steer the ship, right? So it's like there, there's a lot of people find stability and, um, in, in jobs because it's like, okay, I know I'm going to get paid every two weeks or every month, an exact amount of money. But there's actually, I think a lot of stability in entrepreneurship because in a job, when the outcome isn't what you want, there are so many other factors that you don't necessarily have full control over. So you're kind of often stuck in, in the bureaucracy, right. In the red tape of like what everyone else decides, but in, in entrepreneurship, when you own your own business and you're running a company at any moment, you can ch- you can change the course of your ship. You can make a different decision and move forward with that. And I think that's the beauty, and that that actually is is the reliability that you can um, trust in. Yeah, I love that. 
Oh, I love this conversation. I love everything that you've said so far and shared. As we wrap up, um, what would be if you had like one really important last gem that you would want listeners to walk away with? Like if they walked away with nothing but this, what would that be? Oh, that's such a good one. Uh, hmm. I could, if you could walk away with one thing, um, I really think it, it, it's just start before you're ready. Mm. You have, you have to take the action N- hiding behind learning or building. If you're constantly in the building phase and you're never in the actual doing phase, it won't make a difference. So it, even if, if it's an epic <laughs> flop, that is okay because you, you will learn things from that, that are valuable to help make the second attempt, not as scary. And anything that we do that's new will always be hard. I think that's just a fact mm-hmm. of life. It doesn't matter if it's business or when you are right, learning to ride a bike. Right. But just because something is hard when it's new, doesn't mean that it will stay hard forever. So the more that you do that, the more that you're going to build up that, uh, that muscle for resiliency. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and just quickly shifting gears, what are you getting intentional about right now? So I'm actually doing this thing. I'm calling it, um, summer shift. And basically for 90 days, I just started this. Well, today's day 10. So for 90 days, I'm really putting a priority on my health, um, rest and being outdoors more this summer. So, um, just taking the time each day to be really intentional about moving my body in a way that feels fun to me. And some days, like some days for summer shift, it's literally me just like sitting outside for an hour. And that's like my thing that day. So I've been checking in every day on stories, but that's what I'm getting intentional about. I love that. So powerful. Um, and finally, where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Well, thank you so much for listening in today, guys. And if you want to connect, um, I have a couple places. If you are interested in learning more about the consistent clients cash flow system that Jessica and I were referencing in this episode, I have a free masterclass where I actually break it down in much more detail and I actually show you how to customize your own roadmap to your first 10K month. So you can access that by going to ellenyin.com slash get clients. Um, if you want to chat with me personally, I'm most active on Instagram. So my username is at Miss Ellen Yin. And then if you are a fellow podcast fan, we'd love for you to come hang out with us on our show, the Cubicle to CEO podcast. Awesome. I love it. Thank you again so much for being here. You've given us so much today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jessica. This was really fun. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.